Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome to all of our wonderful listeners back to the show. So in today's episode, we are going to be learning about detoxification. My guest today is Dr. Elena Krasnov. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I... We haven't had a topic about this, and I know there's definitely a lot of interest and a lot of things out in the sphere of the internet. So this is kind of great to be able to like talk to somebody to really get a good or at least some foundational knowledge around detoxification before people just start doing things on their, you know, on their own. I feel like a foundation is helpful. So um, thank you for coming on to educate us about this. It, it's my pleasure to be here and try to uh, add some knowledge to your listening base. Yeah. Well, let's start off with, um, can you tell us a little bit about you? Okay. So my name is, like you said, uh, Ilian Krasnov. I am a naturopathic doctor. I have had over 20 years of experience uh, doing naturopathic medicine. I... Um, have a background in medical microbiology and genetics. I went to University of Toronto for that. I have did, I have done extensive um, studying uh, with uh, ACAM for my chelation knowledge. I, I'm a member of the American Association of Restorative Medicine, Canadian Association of Naturopathic Doctors, and Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors as well. And, and, and detox and genetics and, and all those things have always been my passion. I, uh, I encourage my patients to participate in their own health process uh, to improve the quality and enhance 
the quality of their life. Amazing. Thank you for for giving us some good foundation and context for what we're going to be talking about. So I feel like we should start like kind of at the very beginning, which is like, what is detoxing? So a lot of people have very mixed ideas about what is what is detox. And they think that, you know, if they drink some extra water, even though helpful is not really detox. So uh, because our bodies are constantly exposed to harmful, toxic elements in food, air, water, we drink, there are toxins everywhere in the environment, especially if you live in a big urban city. They're byproducts also of our own metabolism, and, and they need to be removed on a continuous basis. So some patients think that if they've done detox once in their life, then they're now clean. So the analogy I like to bring is you do clean your house regularly, right? And and you wash your sheets regularly, hopefully. So you need to clean your body regularly as well because toxins will tend to accumulate just from doing average things that we do, you know, using bad soap, eating food. Like, I mean, you, you can't really get away from getting toxins, so you, you need to just encourage and help your body get rid of them before they accumulate to such an extent that they become detrimental to your health. And Does, then, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then another thing is quality of food. So, so I like to teach my patients about, you know, what to eat and what not to eat and why, right? So I, I have had some patients push back on, on, on the idea of, GMO foods because some believe that it's totally fine to eat that. And, and it, so I only educate those who want to be educated. I don't try and force knowledge on those people who are, who are totally not interested. And so you, you, you just, you, you want to eat food that's clean, that's not sprayed, that, that is not devoid of nutrients because it has been grown in soil and has been depleted. So there's a lot of stacking up of different things. So quality of food is just as important as whether it's been sprayed or not. And then the other sort of toxic load comes from heavy metals, lead, aluminum, mercury, things that come from exhaust fumes, from lead paint, if anybody still has that, from sometimes children's jewelry and toys have lead and had cadmium and other toxic ingredients. And you need to be aware of that so that you don't like, poison your children inadvertently. Yeah, I, I think certainly, you know, there are, there are things that are used in products, right? Like lead paint, for example, was like a thing that we used. We didn't know until we knew, um, you know, that there were harmful consequences. So there could be things in our environment, you know, that may not be the healthiest for us, um, that we just haven't figured that out. Right. So detox, I I assume, you know, as as being conscientious and then using, you know, I guess detoxification methods, you know, working to minimize the risks of things we're exposed to that we probably don't know we are. I I think, I think it's important to just Start by being aware of your surroundings. It's like if you're lost in the woods, you want to get your bearings so you know how to find your way back out. 
and the same thing here. You don't know what you don't know. I mean, years ago, there was a book called um, something by rubber duck, death by rubber duck. I can't remember exactly the name. It had a rubber duck on the cover. And they did studies where they looked at, you know, fire retardants on children's pajamas. Mm. Um, squash card on the couch that you sit on. Things like that do get into our bodies and, and, and do affect health. And children, because they're small and size matters, they're affected by things like when their pajamas are treated with fire retardants. And so it's not a good idea when you buy cheap clothing, you want to make sure it's not being processed and sprayed so that you're not, you know, your children are not sleeping in it day in, day out. So, so things like that are, 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 you know, it's just our awareness. Some people are just oblivion to certain things. Yeah, that or uh, I would also argue that, you know, not necessarily being taught, right? Like where would somebody also get access? Like we're talking about access to information as well, right? Not everybody has the same um, right. access. So, uh, but now with the internet and with uh, the many is, different ways, yeah. There is a problem with the internet though, because not everything you read is correct. <laughs> There's that part too. Yes, of course. I mean, with, with the positives are also on the flip side. Yeah, negatives. So sometimes there's a lot of information, but it's just like, it's just incorrect. It's wrong. People yeah. push all sorts of ideas yep. that are just wrong. And, and so you, it's hard to navigate and determine. So you have to have a source you trust. So you're not in a bubble of misinformation. For sure. For sure. As we all know about the bubbles right now. Uh, you you want to make sure that what you're reading is scientifically correct and, and technically sound and not just something that someone dreamed up of. Well, that's that is definitely an important piece of which is, you know, I guess why we're having this conversation around detox, right? Because there's a lot of information. Um, but, you know, how do you begin to sort of like, what's the what's the foundation that I need to understand to know, like, if the information I'm reading is more sound or or not sound um so my question my next question is like okay so detoxing is about expelling you know things from our body whether it's waste products or uh chemicals or toxins that we've that have been introduced do we dispel those toxins at the same like does every toxin or everything that is in our body expel at the same rate or the same right. time frame? Like, well, okay. So what about the method? Yeah. Everybody detoxifies at a different rate. So just like we know some people live the cleanest life, never drink smoke or do anything and, and still get deadly diseases and die. And others smoke till they're 99, drink regularly, have no degenerative diseases. And that all comes down to genetics. Okay, so because we're all different, some people have the ability to detoxify really, really well. And so no matter how many toxins they put in their body, they will successfully take them out. And others have genetic variability where they are at a disadvantage. So they are more sensitive. They're going to require less toxins to make them sick. It's almost like a cup to full. You can, you can keep on adding until it overflows. And so in some people, because they remove it so quickly, it never overflows. 
And in others, the drain is clogged, so things aren't coming out. So it's much easier to overfill the vessel and you're gonna have consequences. Plus in certain metabolic diseases, if your metabolism is faulty, you're gonna produce some toxins that, that you probably shouldn't be producing or you have imbalance in certain hormones, for example. Right, so when you break down certain chemicals in the environment, you can overstimulate or understimulate certain hormone receptors, uh, things that are breast tissue, for example, is very susceptible to substances in the environment that mimic estrogen. And so in some people, in some women, it's going to be overexpressed and in others it will not. So. Then we look at, you know, broccoli extracts, methane, all those supplements that are gonna bring down the overstimulation of the receptors so your breasts don't swell, so you don't get lumps and cysts and the rest. And in other women, they don't, they don't have that, right? So again, that's genetic manifestation of whether you're susceptible to certain chemicals more so than others. And therefore you're gonna need to do some extra some extra things and be maybe on a more like a different diet. Mm. My question is, so, you know, obviously genetics play a role, but like, how does, how would somebody know? Like how does a genetic test? So there is a number of genetic testing that you can do that will show you your phenotype and you will know if you are more predisposed to certain diseases or certain so certain problems in detox. Now, that's not to say you're going to guarantee to have a disease, but you will know that there are other things you can do to change. So just because your genetics say you're going to have this or not disease, you can still change that. Yeah, so well, epigenetics, right? Right. So, so lifestyle and all other um things can influence how you express your genes. So you can suppress certain gene expression and you can promote certain gene expression based on what you're doing in your life. And therefore, even, even women who are, for example, HER2 positive, they have a very high chance of breast cancer, but it's not hundred percent. Not everybody who has that genetic mutation will have breast cancer. And I think that's very important for women who are uh, scared and are doing radical treatments because they have the genetics or because maybe they have family history. Um, but there are other ways of perhaps dealing with it. It's all very individual, but doing radical surgery may not be the necessarily best thing to do. Mm. You would have to be individually counseled. And mind you, there is, there's someone in, in my community that I know of whose um, mother had ovarian cancer and she now has ovarian cancer as well. And, and perhaps it would be maybe not a bad idea for her to do preemptive surgery previously because now she's got it. Right. But then there are others whose mothers did have ovarian cancer and they did, right? So, so it's not a guarantee. It's not a hundred percent. Definitely. Is there, I mean, cause not everybody's going to have access to genetic testing, you know, 
Is it like how? I think, I think now in Canada, at least, I think in hospital, you can, if you have family history, you can get tested and without having to pay for it. Mm. It, it, you mean if there's like a family history of a specific there is a family disease. history, if the doctor deems it necessary, they will do the testing at the hospital and you won't have to pay for it. Okay. Good to know. Um, are there any other like indicators or ways that people like without doing the genetic testing can kind of determine if they're a good detoxer or not? Is that like, is that a thing? I don't know. I'm just asking because I don't have a clue. I'm just sitting here going in all likelihood, I'm not going to get genetic testing, but is there like, should I just be detoxing anyways? Yeah, should I- you should, you should <laughs> be detoxing anyway, but perhaps like there, there is a, there is a disorder called, called Gilbert's disease. And that's easy to diagnose. If you're, if you're um, liver, um, Billy Rubin, is higher than normal, there is quite a prevalent disease. And I do have quite a number of patients who have that. Their ability to detoxify is worse. Mm. They're more sensitive to chemicals and they usually know it. And so they require more liver cleansing, more stimulation, and they will be more sensitive um, to an ordinary amount. Like they don't need to be over toxic to Mm. be sick, right? Right. And that's easy to determine. Like that's a simple test of bilirubin. If your bilirubin is always high, usually these people know by the time they're like 30, uh, you you will have to take extra care. Right. But so generally, you want to be detoxifying at least three, four times a year anyway. Okay. So what, what does that look like? I mean... You, well, you say, you know, okay, so detox three, you know, not, let, let, let's just chat about like, what, what does that look like? Okay, so it depends what you're trying to detoxify. Are you trying to detoxify just junk food? Do you want to detoxify drugs and alcohol? Do you want to detoxify just like living in a, you know, in a city with pollution? That's like all of them are different. Like, for example, if you want to detoxify junk food out of your body, you want to stop eating junk food for maybe like three days for a week. Uh, you know, it'll take about three days for your body to get rid of all of that and you'll feel better after 72 hours. Uh, okay, if you're detoxing alcohol or drugs, they have withdrawal effects, right? So you want to do that under supervision. You may have withdrawal symptoms. You may feel bad while you're going through, de- even if you're detoxifying caffeine, like if you, if you stop coffee, or t- you're going to have a headache. Mm. And it takes time to push through that because eventually the headache will go away, but you have to sort of put up with it for several days. And then as you're detoxifying, you want to do three, three things to do daily. Sleep at least seven hours. You want to control your stress in whichever way works for you. And and then you want to eat healthy, live food that will nourish you. So all processed food is dead food. It doesn't have any nutrients. It's all processed, modified. It doesn't have vitamins unless they're added to it. And so I I don't really call that nutrition. So I always teach my patients to use food that's alive, it needs to look the way it came out of the ground. 
before mm. you, you when you eat it it should resemble a plant it shouldn't be in a bottle or a box and it shouldn't have shelf life of you know 95 days mm. so you know I, i'm always curious as to how milk can sit on the shelf for three months and be considered you know a food and unfortunately, some people, like I have a couple of patients who live in like remote Ontario, you know, communities far north, they don't even have like, and it's cold there. They, the, the only thing they have is Walmart delivery. Right. And so it's much more difficult for them to get proper nutrition because it's just not there. Nothing Spices. grows, it's too cold and it's just, you know, it's not available. Right, right. Um. Okay, so he talks about junk food detox, alcohol, and drug, and you know, by removing, you're saying basically you remove those items. You remove the items that are all, like you can you you might need to detox from social media and computer. Mm. And children who are learning online right now uh, may need to have a detox, like maybe read a book that's not electronic. You right, know, like right. so screen time detox is important as well. Maybe go for a walk instead listen to some music, meditate, although that wouldn't work for children, but children can engage in play that does not involve screen time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like actively playing will increase their exercise, maybe get them in the fresh air, maybe they will get some sunlight. So, so I think children now have way, they're, they're way too sedentary. And, and especially if they're also eating processed food in the process, they're going to be at a huge disadvantage growing up than, than an average child 30 years ago. Right, right. I mean, in like, I don't, I don't mean in disadvantage theory. I mean, like an average child in the city 30 right. years ago would have been playing on the playground, you know, seeing peers, eating food that was less like processed than it is now, and therefore having better overall community, you know, skills of adjusting to the environment. Right. What about, because you then you talked about detoxing city pollution. What, mm -hmm. so what does that look like? So, so sometimes you, you might want to use some supplements, right? Like a good multivitamin makes everything work better. You can have a good multivitamin for a child or a good multivitamin for a pregnant woman. Uh, or for an elderly or for anybody. So a good, good overall supplement will just make your metabolism more efficient. It will either speed up, prevent the slowdown due to lack of cofactors and uh, sort of enzymes that are slowing down. So you're not processing the, the, the toxins out as fast. Uh, so lack of certain vitamins is a limiting step. So when you're missing certain vitamins, you're going to process things slower. Mm. And that can cause, you know, lethargy, skin rash, you know, depression, memory loss, etc. So just by giving a good nutrition, just just a basic good multivitamin may speed things up in terms of removing toxins. Vitamin C which is very often depleted from a body, especially if you drink a lot, alcohol. So taking an extra vitamin C will boost your ability to detoxify, it will boost your immune system, 
it'll help you reduce tissue stress and then also lower down your withdrawal. B vitamins, this is just, just a general list. B vitamins are really good for your mental health, nutrition, nervous system. It helps, again, remove toxins. It just, just regulates everything. And then we've got calcium and magnesium, which are important because lack of magnesium can cause muscle stiffness. So you want calcium and magnesium just to, just, just, just to ease the nervous system anxiety, muscle tension, twitches, cramps, and stuff like that. And so you would want to eat foods that are rich in calcium and magnesium, like leafy green vegetables, maybe nuts, maybe grains, depending on what your allergies are. Right. And then there are herbs that you can use to do detox, which are, you know, the anything green, really, cilantro, garlic, fiber, you know, spirulina, chlorella, etc. All those things will promote detox of toxins out of the body. Okay. So if you're in the city... I mean, if you can obviously get away from the city to detox just from that for a little while, I'm sure that's that's helpful. That would too, be but- great, but you don't want to be do- detoxing on a farm if yeah. the farm is not organic, mm. right? Because then you can be exposed to 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 all sorts of pesticides, right? So being on a farm that is not clean is actually worse than being in the city. Mm. There are certain diseases that only farmers get. Like a lot of it is also related to mold that they're exposed to. Like, right. like farmer's lung is a, is, a, is a good example where only farmers get it because they're inhaling mold spores. Right. Gotcha. I was thinking more like going out to the cottage or That's like different. going out camping or something. That's totally different. That's totally different. Just to like you're going to detox, but you have to be aware of ticks. Right. Which is yes. another problem. Wow. With one solution comes another so, so particular it's, problem. It's, it's, you always have to be aware of what's around you. So if you're going hiking and you're detoxing from the city, you want to make sure you don't pick up Lyme disease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Um, what about heavy metals? Okay, so there's... The heavy metals are there's several ways of doing it. Now a lot of people think that if you like, you know, eat great, great, drink lots of water, they will detox heavy metals, but it's actually more difficult than that. Certain heavy metals like mercury and lead will not leave unless they're kicked out. So just drinking water not gonna do anything. And you know, eating organic food is also not gonna be like all that much helpful. You actually need something that will bind them and bring them out because lead is often stored in the bone and bone turnover is very slow. So it's going to be a very slow detox process to exchange lead for for other things that need to be there. Mercury also gets stored uh, and and it's, it's a process. It can take months to get that out. And uh, so sweating, would be a good idea, like infrared saunas, Epsom salt baths, you know, hot yoga, intravenous chelation, if you can do it, 
are all things that are going to increase your ability to get rid of the heavy metals and put in nutrients in place because heavy metals are sitting inside the cell, inside the infrastructure. They need to be replaced by something. They, they're not just going to leave and leave, not in, and leave an empty space. You need to put something back in. So the exchange is a rate-limiting step, which takes time. It, it's not that's it's pretty complicated. And mm -hmm. it, it, one thing that I find that, you know, drinking juices and smoothies uh, is just not going to be enough to do that. Yeah, I was going to ask about, you know, the whole, like, juicing for a few days where you're not necessarily eating, but just juicing or, you know, doing smoothies, like, does that help with detox? Like, does, I mean, obviously you're getting nutrients, so you're getting I think, nutrients. But. I think it's great. It's going to help to detoxify your digestive tract. It's going to help clean your bowel, your liver, but whether it's going to take out heavy metals, I don't think so. It's not long enough to do that. It's an excellent way to clean and detoxify your digestive system, your, your liver, your kidneys. But I had recently had a patient who was drinking. She decided she was going to do a cleanse and she was juicing celery, uh, which was not organic. Mm. So the problem with that right away is when celery is on the list of the dirty dozen list, which we can touch upon a little bit later, but it's like the 12 most toxic um, vegetables and fruits. Celery is on that list every year. Like celery is one of the most toxic, most sprayed vegetables. So it has to be organic. If it's not organic, then you're just going to concentrate the juice and drink it in like high concentration, way more than if you were just eating celery. So, so in, for that, you're either doing organic or you're not doing it at all because then you're just doing more harm than good. Mm. Gotcha. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe, maybe we should talk. I mean, now that you, we, we sort of bring up the, the dirty dozen and clean 15, I wonder if we should just chat about that. So the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 list is put out by the uh, environmental um, working You can Google it, yeah. EWG. It's easy to Google. You can Google it. It comes out of EWG.org, I think, every year. They do change a bit, but invariably every year there's apples and strawberries on it, and there is kale and spinach, uh, and those must be organic or else I suggest to my patients that they eat minimal amounts of it. So if you're not buying organic berries, do not eat them mm. because the, the amount of pesticides on them is just way, like I think strawberries had like 125 different pesticides and I could be wrong, don't quote me on that. But it was more than 100 different pesticides that were found in the strawberry and you can't wash it away. So you're going to be concerned if you have children, especially young children, this is the most important. If you can't afford organic berries, don't eat berries every day. Make it a treat, maybe once in a while. Apples, it's also on the list of dirty dozen. And what do children eat? Apples, all the time. Mm. 
So, so, so it's very important. I think it's very, very important. I actually have had patients who would buy organic for their kids and eat regular themselves, which is all fine. If you know, if you can keep your children on a cleaner diet, and if you can't afford to do it for the whole family, do it for the most vulnerable. Which would just mean that you're gonna just have different produce, right? Yeah, and, and that list, yeah, and the clean fifteen. The clean fifteen is that the. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just where my brain is going. Um, that the clean fifteen are like foods that you can buy non-organic that have been right. that yeah. have minimal. Um, the clean fifteen pes- are the ones that are not that much pesticides on, and you don't have to buy them organic. Although I have found that. Uh, even though they're clean, they taste better when they're organic. They have more flavor. Mm. I don't know why, but it's just, they're just more flavorful. And very often the price difference is minimal. It all depends on where you shop or if you have your own garden. Like a lot of my patients, even in the city, they, they have their own garden. They grow their own vegetables all summer long. Yeah. So they don't buy anything at all. And so if you get organic soil and you get your organic seeds you've got everything just there and it's free except your time and love and energy but some people like gardening yeah for sure i totally (laughs) i i just i i say it laughingly like it's not totally free it requires time and some love (laughs) i have some patients who actually take time off work so that they have time to garden I think it's amazing. I think the ability to connect with your food, right. With the process of it is you're less likely to waste it. Right. Because you see your, your own effort. It's actually easier uh, because you only pick what you need. Right. So nothing rots in your fridge. You don't need to overstock. Like one of the things that I do with my patients is I teach them how to go shopping because, um, the North American thing is to buy a whole bunch and freeze it or stock it or store it. I tend to um, think more along the line, buy what you need, use it, and then buy fresh. Because frozen stuff loses its flavor and then you end up eating it just because it's in your freezer. And why? Like, we, I think it's the North American thing. We're conditioned to do sort of like grocery, buying food as a chore, where in fact, it should be more like a joyful thing where you go and you select your food and you look at it and you touch it and you smell it. Mm. And, and that's what I do. I don't have a freezer other than what comes with my refrigerator. Right. And I don't buy anything in bulk at all. Because I, I find that I just don't know. I, I never have any food at home for more than five days, ever. Like if right. God forbid something happened, I would have to go hungry. I would have nothing to eat. <laughs> I think that's that's part of the, the, the challenge right now, right? Going out and, and, and shopping with, uh, with the pandemic has uh, perhaps made things a little bit more challenging where, you know. I think last year I was fortunate to discover that one of the organic farmers does home deliveries. Ah. So I signed up last year and I signed up again this year and they bring me a box of whatever. I don't get to choose, which is unfortunate, but I learned what to do with all the stuff that I have never used before. 
Yeah. And every week they bring me a box of whatever is growing. Like they don't, have, it's not a shop where you can pick and choose what you want. They just bring you whatever grew that week. Right. And I, I really liked it. Yeah, that's awesome. Saves me time. I support the local farmers. The food tastes better and I don't have to go and get it. Which is definitely, you know, a thing in the pandemic, right? You know, especially if you have to wait in line. Well, it's you also, it's a time-saving thing because even to go to a farmer's market, you have to get up early, you have to drive, you have to pick it up, you have to bring it back. That's like two hours at least. Plus, you have, nowadays, you have to stand in line. Well, that's, that's what I mean. So I think yeah. people buy more so that they don't have to make the trips, um, you know, as, as often, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, I, th- I think supporting local producers is important because the more things we have produced locally, the better our overall economy is going to be. But I mean, I digress. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So let's, let's bring it back on track. Um, <laughs> so what about like everyday products? Because what are things we should be looking for? Cause you said awareness, right. And, and I think part of, what we want to do is bring awareness to what people should be looking towards. So, you know, toothpaste, hair product, makeup, you know, what are we, what are we looking for? So basically I, I have put out, uh, we've made the modules and I'm about to put them out on my website. Not that I'm really promoting. It's not ready, ready yet. It's called, uh, it's a detox module. So one of them is about detoxing your house. So in there, I talk about, uh, so I personally never buy any cleaning products. I, for years, everything I've used so was either Castile soap, dishwashing soap, vinegar, and maybe some essential oil. And, and that's it. So my whole house is being cleaned with just that. Um, you can mix and match in any proportions you want, and you can, you can, do your laundry with, uh, there is a product on the market called baking soda something. I think Nelly's baking powder. I'm not sure. Or I use Castile soap for my laundry, like just, just Dr. Bronner's liquid Castile soap. I use that with vinegar for just overall house cleaning. I do not buy Windex. I do not buy Mr. Clean. Uh, and my house is clean. It doesn't require any chemicals. I I tell my I teach my patients about not using Glad, those plugins. Mm. Not necessarily Glad, but any kind of like I don't know what they call the reduce. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of them are toxic. All of them are in uh, hormone um, modifiers. They affect female hormones. They are all organophosphates. They are just really, really bad for your health. They will give you allergies. They will give you headaches. They're just really unhealthy. So all those plugins is the number one thing to go. The other thing is uh, fabric softeners. I do not advise that. You can always use vinegar in your laundry, in your wash cycle as a softener. Um, you can use those natural wool balls in your dryer instead of dryer sheets. And I learned this many years ago when I didn't know any better. My son, uh, as a child, had eczema, and I went to a dermatologist, and 
the first thing I was told is like, are you using dryer sheets? And I was like, yes, why? And she's like, stop doing that. Because dryer sheets coat your laundry and all your stuff with a chemical. Mm-hmm. And people have an allergy to that. And it can, in children, it can, it can cause eczema, which I have, you know, 20 odd years ago and didn't know about that. So, so things like that. Basically, just clean your house. Martha Stewart has a whole section of how to make house cleaning products just by using like boric acid, baking soda, salt, like simple thing. My grandmother used to use salt for stain remover thing, things off any kind of um, ceramics and things. And it's, it's so simple. It's cheap. It costs next to nothing. Right. For toothpaste. Um, I personally don't use toothpaste with fluoride. I have not had fluoride in my mouth for like 30 years. Hi, uh, my son who is an adult now has never had fluoride in his mouth and doesn't have any fillings, not a single one. Uh, so I don't buy, you know, shampoos and all that with chemicals. And again, EWG has a website where you can go. They have a section on sunscreens, cosmetics, uh, soaps and shampoos, and they rate them based on how many toxins they have and which ones are safer and which ones are not. And unfortunately, a lot of sunscreens were bug repellents, like mosquito repellents with deep. Even though they work for mosquitoes, they're really also not very good for you as well. Mm. So what do you do about the ticks? You got to take a shower. <laughs> what if you, you can't? <laughs> what if you're you camping? If you're camping, you got to wear long clothes, you know, make sure everything's like, and you, and you examine your body for tips when you, when you, you know, come out of the steps. And what do you do if there's one sticking in your skin? You pull it out and you save it actually and get it tested. Not all of them have Lyme disease or, or like parasites, but some of them do. My dog years ago had a tick, which I didn't know. I was kind of just petting her and I noticed this bump. And it was a tick. I pulled it out with tweezers. And she was fine. It didn't get in. It Did didn't. it burrow into the skin? It was still kind of sticking out, which is why I could pull it out. It was halfway in. Yes. But she it- had a little hole, but it didn't get infected. The vet said at the time it was fine. But I, I pulled it out, the whole thing, with a Kleenex. I, um, I went to my mom's cottage uh, like not even a college trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got home. This was when I was, uh, my, my daughter was just born. I had had a bout of mastitis. So I was on antibiotics um, mm-hmm. at the time. And I looked, I, so I went to go in the shower and I looked and there was a dick sticking in my thigh. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I like freaked out. I, you know, I did the whole like waving my hands, doing a little dance, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I, I had no idea what to do. I like grabbed Kleenex, I grabbed around it, I ripped it out. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, yeah. am I going to get, am I going to get, you know, am I, is something bad going to happen to me? I was like, I was like, but I'm on antibiotics right now for the mastitis. So like, maybe that's going to be okay. I don't know. And, and obviously I'm fine, but like, yeah. There was like 
standing, getting ready to go into the shower, seeing this thing, I, I, I would have called my husband if it came down to it. But I was like, I had a moment of like sheer, oh my God, what do I do? It was gross. It, yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's a good thing to look like if, if, you, if you're self-examination, the same thing goes for moles. You know, you, you want to be looking at your, at your body and, yeah. you know, making sure certain things don't go unnoticed. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we talked about, so there's a list of products and, and I assume you said this is on the same website as the clean 15 dirty dozen. It's on the EWG website and they do have several different sections. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So if people are looking, it's, it's uh, easy for them yeah, to take a look at that. Find. So you mentioned previously, there's a couple of different ways to detox. Like, of course, drinking water like has its own thing. Juicing, you know, will have its sort of benefits. Um, are there other forms? Like you sort of mentioned infrared and, you know, can you just speak to like other ways so we detox? There are ways to detox using uh, amino acids, using things like N-acetylcysteine, glutathione, the antioxidant, things that are going to help bind and bring things out, like the EGTA chelation is designed where the EGTA, it, it is not a natural product, but it, what it does is it binds to the mercury and the lead, mostly it, more lead than mercury. It also binds to calcium, by the way, and it actually grabs it and brings it out. That's what chelation is called. It's like a mechanical grip that takes it out of the system. So when we do that, it's always good to make sure your kidneys and liver work well. So there is a homeopathic detox that many different companies make, but they're more or less, if not the same, they're very similar. Regardless of who makes them, the formula usually contains a lymphatic drainage formula, which cleans the connective tissue. It, it cleans the extracellular space between the cells where things often accumulate. I call it the garbage collection system of the body. It's basically when the cell is done metabolizing whatever it's metabolized, it spits out what it doesn't need and waits for the lymphatic system to pick it up and carry it out. So once it's picked up from the intercellular space, extracellular space, it goes through circulation and then it goes through the liver and kidney. So the basic Detox formula from no matter who makes it has a lymphatic drainage, liver drainage, and kidney function support. And I layer that on top of anything else that I do so that you're detoxifying at many different levels. You're doing it at the cellular level, at the intracellular, extracellular, and then at the level of the organs. So the good thing about homeopathic detox it actually gets inside the cell and promotes the cell to expel the toxins. Because otherwise, we accumulate things in the in the in this in the cell reticulum, and then we have like ugly-looking cellulite, and the cells die and they become you know sort of senescent. They they don't replicate. They just get old. Mm. So in order to improve cell turnover and make sure that everything in your cells is clear and, and healthy, homeopathy really is very useful there. Either homeopathy or herbal liquid extracts. So it's not all just about pills and vitamins. There is a big place for herbs. 
herbal extracts. And homeopathics are not herbal necessarily. A lot of people confuse the two. So right now, a lot of some companies uh, call it like a nanomedicine because they're very, very dilute, small, small amounts. So you can even use products that would normally be toxic to us. In a homeopathic dilution, they become medicinal. Mm. Like a homeopathic mercury can be used to get mercury out of the body. And the similarity there is like a homeopathic coffee is used for insomnia or it's called coffee. But but there is this is a whole different sort of realm. Yeah. But but there is a there is a lot of useful remedies, whether people believe in them. Some people say I don't believe in it, but but belief has nothing to do with it. They work anyway, even if you don't believe them. And and I like to layer in different different things together. So you get a better, deeper cleansing. What about like those detox kits at home that you can buy? I am not sure what you mean by that. You know, if you go to like the natural section of a store and they have detox kits, like are uh, they are they helpful? Are they useful? Like it depends. Most of them have a laxative. So it depends. If you already have diarrhea, then I wouldn't call that useful. But if you're generally constipated, yeah. So some of the detox teas that people drink have senna in them, which can be addictive. So they're, they're okay for short term, but they're not something you want to keep doing over and over again because a lot of, a large number of them have some form of a laxative, which is good in some people sometime, but it's not good in a lot of people a lot of the time. So I, I would really w- look at the ingredients. Like it's not really, it's not a good idea to self-medicate, I think. Right. Especially if you have irritable bowel, if you have diverticulitis, you don't want to be taking those things because they'll make you feel worse. Mm. So basically, you like if you're going to take something, probably speaking to somebody. I think is best. I think, I think pe- people often think that is if it is sold without prescription, it's safe which is not true because you can buy Tylenol and aspirin without prescription and you can kill yourself and damage your liver if you take enough. Right. So, so it's knowing what to do, how to do, when and just appropriate. Just because you can buy herbal medicine without anybody's prescription doesn't necessarily make it suitable for you at the time when you're using it or suitable for your period. It, 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 it's, I, I just don't think it should you shouldn't self-medicate unless you really know what you're doing. Because some people do more harm that way. They think they're doing something good and they're like all in, like juicing non-organic vegetables. Uh, but 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 it's not. It 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 can create a problem. Right. So basically, you know, if you're planning on wanting to change something health-wise, it may just be worthwhile to at least have an assessment or at least have a chat with a healthcare provider first to talk about, here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm thinking of doing. You know, what's sort of your. Yeah. I I think it's always good to talk to a qualified 
uh, professional uh, because a lot of people out there give out advice and they don't know what they're talking about. But I, it's also important, I think, to do a blood test to look at what your liver and kidney function is before you're going to take herbs. They're going to change that because you could cause liver damage with certain things. Right. Uh, right. And then they end up taking useful herbs off the market because people are like just killing themselves. Like weight loss is one of the biggest um, fields where people just self-medicate with things. And sometimes if you don't do it right, it's going to harm you. Right. So, yeah. So kind of making sure all the P's and Q's are in place before, you know, taking on any major, you know, detoxes so that, you know, first and foremost, do I even need to be detoxing something, right? Like the blood work. I think, I think we all could use some detox, but it all depends on how deeply you're detoxing. If you're going to change your diet and start eating healthy, that's a detox in its way as well, in its way, in its, on its own. So which is not the same as starting brewing different things and drinking them and drastically changing your diet patterns, which, which may need to be supervised. Right. Not something you do on your own. So what you're saying is you could be working on detoxing in the sense of like, you know, making sure you're getting good, healthy foods, you know, uh, taking a small break from, you know, alcohol for a little while, allowing the system to like take a break, detoxing from screens, detoxing from, you know, um, like the same air kind of thing, like get outside, don't be sitting inside, you know, breathing Mm -hmm. the same air kind of thing. You know, that's, you know, safe things that we should common, all be kind of common doing. Sense, common sense things are good, a good guiding sort of light, like something that, you know, it, it, just basic common sense. If something doesn't seem right, then don't do it. Right. But, but if you're going to be going to the store, buying different supplements and buying kits and buying different things. I'm not a proponent of that because I myself have gone to the health food store years ago when I needed something I didn't have in stock. And I specifically asked for a product and I was, they were trying to sell me something else. Mm. And I said, that's not what I want. And they're like, it's the same. I'm like, it's not. Right. So very often they will sell you whatever they happen to have lots of that month, whatever is on sale, whatever they're trying to push. Not necessarily what you need. So you want to be careful. Meaning, I think that what you're saying is really like if you're knowledgeable and you know, like if you have a background, you have knowledge and you, right. you've gone to the right sources, that's one thing. But like if you don't really know and it's just like, well, everybody's detoxing, so I guess I should do it too. That's probably the best thing to do is to speak with a qualified professional you know, to guide you yeah. because again, dosing could be different. Your blood work. Um, yeah, like there's so many different variables that you would not know or necessarily sense in your own body that would be picked up by somebody else. And it's like, Oh, thank God I didn't do that because I didn't know X, Y, or Z. Right. I think, I think one of the issues that the natural sort of health profession has is that Sometimes we're criticized for certain things, and that's because there's just so many people participating in this field. Not everybody's qualified to do that. Mm. And they give out advice that is either harmful or is not based in fact. And, and we need to weed that out 
So you want to make sure that the person you're getting advice from has some kind of real credentials and not like a five-minute university online or, or Google medical school before they're going to give you advice. Right. And that's, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, there's dangers everywhere, um, you know, with respect to trying things. And again, that's, that's why you want to, before you do something, you know, do, do the research, right? Like do, do, doing yeah. the research. It's, you know, it, it's almost like getting a personal trainer. You know, you want to look at the person, the person you're hiring and see, do they look, do I want to look like them? before you start following their, their program, because you might not want to be like that. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, calling different people, you know, it's the same thing when you're choosing, you know, choosing a medical provider too, right. You might want to call them and chat with them. A lot of people do free consultations, see if it's a good fit, you know, chat, learn about background, um, you know, Google them as well, like, you know, just to see what, you know, what's out there and their perspective, their points of view. And, and so you, like, you want to research, right? It's a personal fit. Like some people just click and, and certain people go and they walk away cringing, you know, and and that might not have anything to do with you or the practitioner. Sometimes people just do not fit. Yeah. And then, well, there's that too. Right. Um, So the point is, is like, Using your, you know, using good guiding principles of like, "Mm, should I be doing this on my own? You know, if you're asking, if you're having that thought or that question, probably get some help. (laughs) Probably not. I I have a, you know, I have come across patients, especially if they, if they go to the United States for winter. Like if they overwinter there, the snowbirds, they come back with bags and bags of supplements Mm. and like binders of instructions. And they usually are taking like a hundred different things where maybe they need them. Right. And trying to convince them that they don't need that is sometimes just as challenging as to convince someone that they need to take a multivitamin. Right. So basically not everything is created equal. No, and sometimes more is not better either. Sometimes a few carefully selected things will get you the most. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, like if people want to learn more, cause you mentioned you have the modules, uh, you know, like they're not ready yet, but like you have the things- modules are going to be, put out on my website and there is going to be a module on detoxing your skin, detoxing your brain, detoxing your house. And they're designed as learning. They're not designed to self-medicate or treat, yes. but they're more of a learning module where you go through the products, product, not the products, the information, and you yeah. do like your own sort of little learning. It's a, it's a, it's a class a learning, right. learning thing. Learning the basics of, of, of learning you know. the basics so that you, you understand it's designed for people who are not ready for a one-on-one appointment, but those who still want to learn. Exactly. Know, right. Yeah. So then we decided that we would offer that 
just as a general educational. Not everybody needs to come for a one-on-one appointment and, and get fully invested until they're ready. Right. A lot of people are just fine on their own. Yeah. They do need to have credible information. For sure. And so where would they find the information? Like where could they find out more about you, you know, learn about? So, so I'm at the Toronto Naturopathic Clinic on Bloor Street, Bloor and Young in Toronto. Uh, and on the website, www.naturopathyclinic.com, we will have uh, a specific section where it would say modules uh, for learning, and you would go there. Amazing. Or they can always just email us. Perfect. And we will attach the website and the email um, in the show notes. So it makes it really easy for you to. And we um, also, yeah. And we post recipes and health, healthy tips on the Instagram, uh, which is Dr. Elian Krasnov, all one word. And uh, so some of them are videos of me cooking and some of them are just recipes and some of them are just quotes. So we're just doing sort of an education slash engagement kind of profile. Excellent. And we'll, we'll post your, your Instagram link there, there too. Cause who doesn't need, you know, healthy recipes, yeah. right? Like if you're making a diet change, I think the number one thing is like, how do I now cook? The, like, that's my uh, big thing is yeah, like, how do yeah. I cook that way? Right. I have, a, I have some, especially elderly patients. They're like, I'm not doing this. So they need to have easy, simple sort of solutions. Yeah. That are tasty too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not eating Campbell's. Yeah, exactly. I do have patients who eat Campbell's soup still. And trying to explain to them why it's not good for you is a little challenging. Right, right. So yeah, healthy healthy solutions um, with like tips on how to actually cook it um, can help reduce the barriers to making those kinds of changes. Um, yeah. I want to thank you very much for, you know, coming on here to, you know, educate us about, you know, detoxing, providing some foundational knowledge, teaching us about the, you know, dirty dozen, clean 15, just like some basic things that like people, you know, just giving them some bit of foundation so that they are more aware and then can ask better questions too. I think part of education is like just knowing a little bit of information allows you to ask better questions or allows you to look at labels or allows you to think about the produce you're buying, um, which begins the conversation, right? And that that's really what we want to do is begin the conversation around healthy detox. Absolutely. I think, I think it's important to have an informed conversation and education is the basic foundation of any kind of informed choice. Exactly. So thank you very much for, thank you for having me. Yeah. And we always want to thank our listeners for joining in. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't every week, a new topic, a new conversation um, and, you know, share out, share out the podcast episodes and we'll connect with everybody on the next uh, episode. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain, 
I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain. And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio.com forward slash mini training, or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode. At the end of the description, a link will be there for you to get the free mini training. Hope to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.